Welcome to Sports Beat Live Playoff Edition, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. Yes, gentlemen, we do have a sponsor for the playoffs. I am joined by Vahe Gregorian. Vahe, I, well, we didn't get the memo. You know, what are you wearing there? And where's your coffee? I got the memo and I rejected the memo. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but I do have the uh, coffee today in the in the cup of the world's finest game, Scrabble. <laughs> also joining us, of course, my esteemed partner, Sam McDowell. Good morning, Sam. How are you, my man? What's going on, guys? Let's get it going. Yeah, we speaking of getting it going, obviously. Sam McDowell, let's weekend, the Should we just get into it? Let's just dive right into it. Hey, you know, on Sunday, we, we had to sit there and sweat it out, you know, trying to figure out who in the world the Chiefs were going to play. The Chiefs obviously also had to sweat it out. Andy Reid planning for the Steelers, and of course, the Raiders and Chargers happened. Vahe, I know you were on Mike Tomlin's call, and, and I think Mike Tomlin says something effective that he actually fell asleep uh, watching the games because, you know, he kind of figured that the tie scenario wasn't going to happen. What did Mike say? What did Coach Tomlin say? Yeah, he, he was funny about that, and, you know, he's kind of a ferocious guy. You never quite know if he's going to roll with the sense of humor, but uh, I had read something about that, so I asked him, and he said, I asked him if it was uh, he went to bed, went, let himself fall asleep because he had ease of mind. And he said, no, it was because he was beat. Um, and I guess, you know, when he fell asleep, I think it was right about the time that, there, that his, the Chargers had a 15 point lead. So, um, God, now I can't even remember. Was the Chargers at the 15? Yeah, the Raiders at the 15 point lead. Sorry. Um, that's how dizzying it was. So. But he said he was just tired and, and uh, you know, mostly he just figured it didn't matter who won. that it, it appeared it was going to be decisive and that would be uh, all they needed to know. So um, I keep getting reminded Sam McDowell has used this figure a couple of times that going into that day, the Steelers had a nine percent chance of being the team to get to the postseason. And um, presto, here they are. And Andy Reid also addressed it on Monday. Right. Vahe? What did Andy say? how that game actually affected how they prepared for this week. You know, obviously the opening round of the wild card weekend. Well, I think they were, you know, I had the impression they were pretty sure it wouldn't be a tie, but uh, on the other hand, uh, uh, as the game went on, they, they, I think had to, uh, you know, have other contingencies in mind. Look, we, one thing we know about these guys is that they wouldn't be starting from scratch in any scenario. I mean, their, their uh, preparations, you know, not maybe not with the frontline group that we see all the time um, are starting a week before on any of this stuff. And, and they would have been well equipped to pivot, especially if it were to play a team they'd already played twice and just, you know, crushed both times. Sam, obviously, social media was on fire Sunday night. You know, everybody was kind of like pulling for a, pulling for a tie between the Chargers and the Raiders, which obviously both of those teams would have got in and the Steelers would have been eliminated what was your reaction as you were watching that game? Were you were you secretly also pulling for a tie, or you just said, you know, I'm going to be a journalist here, and whatever happens, happens? I just I didn't want that game to end. Um, you know, that was about as, as as exciting of NFL situation as I think I've watched in a single game. Um, I mean, just so much at stake for both those teams, and then you've got this third team that enters the game and says, well, as long as these guys don't tie, we're in pretty good shape, and and you know five seconds on the clock, we're sitting looking at a tie score. So 
Um, that I mean, I, I just enjoyed it. You know, the, that was the benefit of the Chiefs playing on Saturday is the three of us finally got to sit back on a Sunday and watch what was really the most dramatic Sunday I can remember in a long, long time. And Vahez, from a columnist point of view, what were, you know, what was your overall take on the final weekend of NFL action? Obviously, the Chiefs took care of business on Saturday by beating the Broncos. But like that final weekend, from a columnist point of view, is this how much is this everything that the NFL could have hoped for? Well, I, I think you're right. And it, it turns out they put the, the right game last, didn't they? Um, and, you know, I remember feeling like oh, we got a little bit of a uh, not chaos, but a little bit of an adjustment to make to the Chiefs going to Saturday. But frankly, for the reason Sam McDowell said, and even I think for the Chiefs, it, you know, that, that what becomes a uh, one less day up front becomes uh, one more day uh, at when you need it most. And especially without a bye, uh, which it will be the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era that the Chiefs will be playing the a playoff game without a bye. So uh, all that, you know, it's just we always talk about how one play can make a difference, a game of inches, all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, we, we could we could see the game go differently, but I think that's, you know, a box you like to check if you're the Chiefs. You got that in a chaotic season. Anyway, the Chiefs have had a little bit of calm before going into this week. Yeah, so what, what this does right now, it sets up Sunday night football between the 12-5 and five Kansas City Chiefs versus the 9-7-1 and seven, one Pittsburgh Steelers. Before we go forward, though, let's go back a little bit here. The Chiefs on Saturday defeated the Broncos 28 to 24. Tyreek Hill was banged up with a heel injury. Obviously, Clyde Edwards Alaire did not play. Daryl Williams uh, left after the first half with a toe injury. Sam, on Wednesday, we were out there on the practice field. What did we see and what did Andy Reid say about these three and their prospects of playing this weekend? Yeah, I mean, all, all three are at practice. The Chiefs had their, their full team at practice, so I'd expect all of them to go. If Hill is limited, how confident are you with McCall Hardman, you know, after what he showed us uh, against the Broncos, if he has to step up again? Well, I mean, McCall Hardman's no Tyreek Hill, so I think that would be a big absence, but I, I just don't expect him to, to be absent. I expect to see Tyreek Hill out there. And and Vahe. Oh, go ahead. Hmm. Oh, just just this, Herbie. I mean, you, you know, you're reminding me of this as we look at basically the last month, and this happens to every team every season. But if you look at the Chiefs in particular over the last month, uh, after they've gotten healthy a lot in the middle of the season, there's been a lot of uh, flux in the lineup over the last month. I mean, even that that, that you know they were they had eight men out for the Steelers game on the COVID list. They had uh, several key starters out uh, when they played at the Chargers. Uh, on key starters on defense in particular, uh, Tyree Kill, you know, was really non-factor last week. They've they've been making do with some of these things, and it suggests that if they're more healthy, uh, they ought to have you know a little more pop. Yeah, and they should be healthy. And a, and a key component of that's also going to be Travis Kelsey because I know there were a lot of questions out there on Twitter yesterday. What was his status? He practiced full and. They revealed what the injury was. It was a hip injury, but he practiced fully on Wednesday. And, and the good news is uh, Andy Reid on Monday said, yeah, he's fine. So we, we shouldn't have to worry about them being all banged up at the tight end position. Yesterday, Patrick Mahomes addressed the media, and he, he mentioned some of the things that he had learned from the postseason in the past set him up for this week. And this is what he said. 
Um, Patrick, to follow up on what you said with Adam, I mean, just just learning those things, the finer details and how quickly a game can change, does that affect the way you enter a playoff game at all? I mean, obviously, I assume you want to be yourself and what's gotten you here and what's been successful, but does it change anything? I think you just have to bring a little bit different intensity. Um, obviously, you go through the same process that you would do every single week of the entire season because um, you want to treat every single week like, I mean, it could be your, it could be your last. Um, but uh, you, go, you go through the week the same way, but when you get to that playoff game day, you have a little bit of uh, different intensity knowing that every play is critical and it can really change, end your season by making a mistake. Um, but at the same time, you want to be loose, you want to have fun, and you want to enjoy it because, um, I mean, you don't, you don't know how many more of these games you're going to get in the playoffs, and I want to make sure I'm ready, uh, ready to enjoy all of them. And then the second one something I asked Andy, um, but you're seeing a team that you face in the regular season. You did that in 2019. You did that, obviously, in last year's Super Bowl. I realized you do that with division opponents. Um, but as far as your preparation, do you prepare to see a lot of what you've seen before, or does your experience tell you to, to prepare to see a lot of different things than what you've seen before? I think, I mean, I think you have to prepare for both. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're going to take away the stuff that they did, they did good against us, um, and then they're going to try to change stuff that they didn't have as much success with. Um, so, I mean, uh, they, have a, they have a lot of good, really good coaches over there. They have a lot of really good players, um, and they've played in playoff games. They understand that how to change stuff up. They understand to go back to what they're great at. Um, and so we're expecting a, a battle. Um, and we're, we'll be ready to go, and we're going to try to find answers for everything because they're going to throw uh, all different pitches to us. Um, and we have to be able to respond and have success uh, as much as possible. You're muted, Herbie. You're muted, Herbie. <laughs> Sam is going to be writing about Mahomes' reaction to the postseason. But what struck me about that yesterday, he had mentioned how much he remembers going back to the Mariota, <laughs> you know, the Mariota touchdown against the Titans in the playoffs and also the phantom uh forward progress stopped. Sam, what stands out to you the most about Mahomes and the postseason? That, that, to me, it's like this is all he knows in his professional career is nothing but the postseason. But what stands out to you? Well, first, those were really articulate questions by by whoever was talking about <laughs> um, But, you know, all of the stuff he just said that he learns about it, how quickly a game can change in the playoffs. You know, I mentioned that it can happen in the regular season, but it just seems really amplified in the playoffs that one mistake can cost you a game. Um, and you would you would look at his career and say, well, of course that makes a lot of sense. You know, the, the Chiefs were down 24 to nothing against the Texans two years ago. And there's probably some debate over which play you would point to, but I, I think that the fake punt by Bill O'Brien is what turned that game. And it, it was it was never the same afterwards, right? The, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs scored four, seven touchdowns later, and, and they won that game by 20 points. The next week, and I, I think the play that changed the game is they're losing going into halftime. Patrick Mahomes has that scramble down the sideline, and you just felt like going into halftime, that game was over. Um, we, we've, we saw Wasp in the Super Bowl. So you would say, of course, you've got all these examples of how quickly a game can change. And yet the one he picked was a game that he wasn't even the starter for. It, it goes back to Tennessee when Alex Smith's final year and Patrick Mahomes is just a bystander on the sideline the whole game and watches how the Chiefs are up 21-3, to Marcus Mariota throws a pass. Jordan Lucas deflects it. It comes back to uh, Mariota, who catches it and dives in for a touchdown. And the game just changed. The Titans scored the only 19 points of the second half, win the game by one point. Um, so I just, I just think it's interesting how we've heard along the way how much Patrick Mahomes learned by not playing. And that was an example that I didn't anticipate. What about you, Vahe? 
Well, what's interesting to me, when you, when you add in Sam's examples that he just gave and, and go back to the two Patrick gave, the, the Mariota play, and really, I mean, one of the worst calls in NFL history, that uh, forward progress call on, on Derek Johnson on Mariota, and then the O'Brien call and Patrick's run, those are four examples of completely different ways a game can turn and change. I mean, one is, you know, a bad call by a coach on the, on the fake punt. One is a bad penalty call. One is a fluke play, Mariota, just fluke. And the fourth is the guy makes a play, makes a play that, you know, leaves you astonished. So any one of those points is a way a game flips, but maybe more to the point in a close game in particular, you can see, you can connect the dots to how that is the difference between a win and a loss and playoff games. I don't know if the, the analytics numbers bear this out, but I think maybe because we all, understand the one and done nature um, that feels like these games tend to, to just be tighter. Uh, even if the scores don't always bear that out, there's something more tight uh, along the way. Even if the pinata gets broken open, it, it, it's there's stuff. It, it's, I think it's really rare. We see a game decided early in a playoff game in the first half, for instance. Yes. Yeah, so Here's well, a question I'm going to pose to well, go ahead, Sam. I was just going to add to that. The, the question becomes, and this is why I asked Mahomes that, that, that the clip we just played of how do you prepare for that then? You know, because Vahe is right. I mean, a couple of those examples are fluke plays. Can you prepare for a quarterback catching his own pass? Can you prepare for a bad call? And especially when your quarterback's nature is to be aggressive. Now, the statistics show he doesn't throw aggressively, but he at least thinks aggressively. That's at least one of his options. And we've seen the defenses have to account for that, and that opens up other stuff. So that becomes part of the battle, I think, that these guys go into a playoff game with, which is you've got to you've got to use what got you here, but just be just have a heightened awareness that one mistake can change a game, and they don't need to look back for the playoffs for that. They can look back at their regular season. You know, they they went in Baltimore without a late fumble. They went in charge against the Chargers that they turned the ball over three times instead of four. Like this team has received the lessons throughout the year of how significantly one play can alter a football game. That, that's a fantastic point, Sam, because when you think about it, the Chiefs, you know, you could argue that every week they do play a playoff game, even the regular season, because they know they're going to get the best shot from their opponent because, quite frankly, they're the Chiefs. They're the, they're the big guy on the block that everybody wants to knock off. But, but here's a question I'm going to pose to you two. This year is an interesting dynamic for the Chiefs because they could go on the road uh, for the first time under Patrick Mahomes during the playoffs. How much do, do all those experiences, when you mention a one-and-done uh, scenario, how much do all those scenarios help set them up for success if they have to go to, for example, Tennessee uh, for the AFC Championship game? Well, I'd love yeah. to see it just because we haven't seen it. I, I would just like to see him play in that environment. Um, so, I mean, as you know, we root for us, right? So we always root for something different, and that would be just something we have not seen Patrick Mahomes do. On the other hand, I don't think that that's going to be the AFC Championship matchup. You know, I think if the Chiefs get to the AFC Championship, and it is a tougher route than what they've had before, I think, first of all, they're, I, I think the Steelers are the easiest game they could have had in this first round, but it's not as easy as sitting at home this weekend. Um, the second round, I think, is going to be tougher than a second-round game they've had the past two years. And I also think Tennessee is going to have a pretty tough game when you look at the potential matchups they could have. So I don't think that's going to be the matchup, um, but I, I would just enjoy seeing – the Chiefs and particularly Patrick Mahomes get sent to a, a road environment to try and make a Super Bowl. 
Yeah, I'm with I'm with Sam on that. I mean, that seeing something new and different. I think even the you know while the Chiefs, I'm sure, would rather play nothing but home games. I I think they would, uh, as Andy Reid would say, look forward to the challenge of you know going on the road in in, in this situation. I I think I think they would actually um, embrace that quite well. It is kind of amazing though. We've talked about this before. How long it's been since the Chiefs have played a road playoff game? I mean, Patrick Mahomes has never never seen one. Yeah. Even even the year he was QB two, and uh, it, it would just be a nice twist on the plot, I think, to see them. And I think you could also say it, it tells you um, if they can break through that that's you know that that's that, that's a makes for an even more deserving champion of the AFC if they if they go that route. Yeah, the way you avoid home play or road playoff games yeah. now is to get the the one or two seed. The way they used to avoid them. Was they just lost their first home game and then they didn't have to go play on <laughs> The formula has changed. <laughs> yeah, the formula has changed in the Patrick Mahomes era. You know what? But before we we're over here talking about what could happen down the road, and we, we seem to keep forgetting that the, there's still a game to be played this weekend against the Steelers. But before we break down this matchup, here's a word from our sponsor. March 4th, 2015, I got out of the shower and felt a lump in my left breast. We were able to quickly uncover that she had two subtypes of breast cancer, each of them requiring separate and unique treatment plans. This is why you come to the University of Kansas Cancer Center. It is critical to be treated by a team of experts in that specific cancer type. If you don't start with us, I think you'll have more questions than answers. Why would you go anywhere else? Once again, our sponsor, the University of Kansas Health System. Thank you for that message. Now, looking ahead to Sunday night, you've got a team that they thumped the Steelers just a couple of weeks ago in week 16, 36 to 10. And don't forget in that game, they didn't have Kelsey. They didn't have Nick Bolton. They didn't have Harrison Butker or Tommy Townsend and just a, a whole list of people. And if I'm not mistaken, they're almost a 13-point favorite for this game at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday night. So, gentlemen, when you look at this, why should this game be any different from what we're expecting? And, and how dangerous is, are the Steelers with everything pointing against them? Vahe, you're, you're, you're grinning over here. Let's start with you first. Oh, I'm just reading uh, Cody's uh, comment there about only Vahe has seen Raiders at Chiefs AFC Championship game. Um, and... Uh, Sadly, uh, I, I, I was I was at least alive uh, that last time that happened and and just starting to get my NFL, AFL wings. Um, but look, here's the thing. Let, let's let's remember how that game went in December. It's the Chiefs are up 30 to nothing at one point and it's named that score. Right. I mean, they 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 kind of throttled it down. Um, but you get to 30 to nothing by being seven, nothing, and then 14, nothing. And I, I'd have to look at the sequence again, but there was an early, uh, it was either Roethlisberger's lost fumble or intercept. No, it was Charvarius Ward intercepted Roethlisberger pretty early and the Chiefs went right back in. It's 14, nothing. And you could see some, some aspects of the game unfolding there. It, it, I mean, we've all seen Roethlisberger slowly kind of just grind to almost a, a halt in, in his mobility and all those kinds of things, you just felt like you were looking at um, kind of a husk of a team at that point. And, and, and that was how that team was playing them. But this team then goes on 
you know, to win his next couple of games. They, they had actually beaten the Titans the week before. They've won three out of four. And when when it comes down to the sort of thing where you've just gritted it out to make it into the playoffs, I think that makes you a little bit dangerous. It might mean you're also about to about to um, just, you know, run out of gas totally. But I think that's how the Steelers will come into this game. They're 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 a physical team. They're they're obviously they have some really potent players, really potent uh, uh, defensive linemen, especially TJ Watt. So if the game just starts a little differently, if the Chiefs don't score on their first drive and and the Steelers don't turn it over right away and don't turn it over three times overall to no turnovers for the Chiefs, it just has a little different foundation. I don't think the Chiefs, Chiefs are going to be um, – you know, muzzled on the scoreboard by any means, but I don't, I don't know that they're putting up 36. I mean, I, I, I just, I just think it's going to be more of a slog. Sam. Yeah. I, I don't think it should be any different than the last time they played these guys. Um, when you look at the Steelers, they're the worst team that get, you got into the playoffs and, and by quite a bit, uh, they do not rank in the top 20 in yards, points, yards allowed or points allowed. I mean, neither of their their offense nor their defense is a strength. Um, T.J. Watt is a guy you've got to account for. They've got some other guys in the defensive line that have some good numbers, Cam Hayward, um, and then some guys that have taken advantage of the fact that Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt get double teamed a lot. Um, but other than that, you know, I mean, Ben, ben Roethlisberger is, is a statue back there. He gets rid of the ball really quickly, so he's recognized his weakness and mobility. Um, I don't think they have enough playmakers um, to, to cause the Chiefs any fits. And to be honest, and I, I've, I've said this earlier in the week, but it would be the worst loss of the Andy Reid era if they somehow did not win this football game on Sunday. I would tend to agree with that, but I think there's a wild card thing. We're not, you know, no pun intended here because of it's wild card weekend, but I think the wild card in this is Ben Roethlisberger. You know, Roethlisberger is sure going to be a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. This could be his last hurrah. Now, how much is it going to be overplayed or is it overrated when you hear the win one for the Gipper speech or, you know, in this case, win one for Ben Roethlisberger? How much of that is in play for the Steelers as they come into this game and how much should that affect them, do you think, Vahe? You know, it's hard to say. I mean, because if you say they're going to be more fired up for that, then you suggest that they wouldn't have been so fired up otherwise. And I think – whatever it is we think they have left in the tank, I, I think we can see that Mike Tomlin's a pretty good coach. He'll have his team ready to play to its, whatever its potential is. And it could be Sam McDowell was right that it's potential against a team that's got all that the chiefs have going for. It really just isn't that much. I, I don't know. I, 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 but I, I, I don't think, um, I don't think if they win or even if they, you know, keep it close that we're going to be saying like they did it for Ben. I mean, people will say it because that'll be the easy storyline, but I, I think they'll be doing it for themselves. Sam, you agree with, with Vahe? Yeah. I mean, the one thing the chiefs certainly have to account for is what Vahe just said there. I mean, the Steelers are a very well-coached team. I mean, Mike Tomlin is a top five coach in this league. He has been for over a decade. And what that means is the chiefs are not going to, they're going to be seeing some wrinkles that they didn't see the last time they played these guys. So a lot you know, teams are accustomed to that. They play division opponents twice a year. You you see a team a second time. You know you're not going to see the exact same stuff you saw the first time. I just think there's going to be more of that than there usually is because of Mike Tomlin. I think he's going to have some more ideas, particularly defensively against Patrick Mahomes. 
having said all that, this team does not have the talent to, to compete with the Chiefs if the Chiefs play their best. You know, I mean, it's football. We just mentioned the fact that the Steelers had a 9% chance to get in the playoffs. They got in. The Jaguars crushed a much better Colts team. So, yeah, I mean, stuff can happen in the NFL. It's not a guarantee the Chiefs are going to win. It is, in my mind, a guarantee that the Chiefs are the more talented and the better football team. Let me just add to that real quick, Herbie, which is, and I guess this appeared in the paper today, but I think that's the point I try to make too. I think a lot of things can can go differently than, uh, according to Hoyles, as the uh, old card game rules thing is. Um, but I don't think there's any doubt that the Chiefs are the far better team. But the far better team has to play play a really good game. The Chiefs, the Chiefs at their best, I think, would, would, would win this game by three touchdowns. But – you know, A, you don't know if the Chiefs will be at their best. We've seen these sort of ups and downs and X factors all season. And B, part of the Steelers' job is to render the Chiefs less than their best. And, you know, they'll they'll at least have plans for, for disrupting that. And some of them will work out, some won't. So, as they say, why we play the games. Here, well, here's something. Well, should, well, just pick the Steelers. Well, hey, just pick them. <laughs> <laughs> As our former esteemed colleague Sam Mellinger would always say, sports, sports just happened. You know, if Vahe, you can tweet that out. In, in the event Pittsburgh actually accidentally wins this game, or you know, <laughs> I noticed I noticed that you put the esteemed before um the former. Um it wasn't yeah, you, know, you, you had the former esteemed colleague, so um <laughs> No, no longer esteemed. He's not even esteemed anymore. He's I mean, still esteemed, Melly. If you're listening, you know you you know we love you. There's only one esteemed Sam around here. <laughs> Here's a question I have for you, okay? Because obviously in Week 16, this is the game where Edward Zelaire suffered the collarbone injury. You know we don't know his full status. He was limited on Wednesday, so obviously we're going to be watching him closely. Daryl Williams was limited on Wednesday with the toe injury. If Either of those running backs or both running backs, are, you know, are not at 100 percent for Sunday. Can the Chiefs get by with Derek Gore and Jarek McKinnon? Sam. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they can. Again, I don't think that's a scenario they're going to be facing, though. You know, I think we're going to I think we're going to see both guys. Um, and I, I think we'd for sure see one of those guys on the field. But, yeah, I mean, the. The, the, they have enough talent in the backfield. I, I guess I should say the separation between the top of their depth chart and those two guys you just mentioned is not great enough to where I think it's going to alter the game significantly in any way. Okay. Now, before we start wrapping this up, let's go with X factors and your score predictions. So, Vahe, I think you're going to pick the Steelers to win. <laughs> Do it. Do it. What are, what are your, what's your prediction and what is the absolute X factor in this game? Well, I, I really think the X factor is turnovers. Um, and, and I know that's maybe uh, uh, the thing you can say every week, but it, the change in turnovers has changed the chief season. I mean, it, that's a lot of other things too, but the, the flipping, flipping that has been, you know, just profound influence on how they went from three and four to where they are. And so that has to keep up. And I, I, I think the Chiefs will win, and I, I don't think it'll be too close, but I think uh, there'll be a, a play or two that we'll look at as, okay, uh, they, they needed that. So I, I look for it to be about uh, 30 to 17 Chiefs. Sam? Right on that line, Vahe. Um, <laughs> uh, In more ways than one. 
yeah, yeah. Not not giving anybody any uh, any hints there. Uh, uh, I I think that you know the the only way that the Steelers could compete in this game is if if they wreck the game up front um, with that defensive line that we mentioned and the Chiefs' offensive line. You know, ESPN rated them tied for first in pass blocking this year. I mean, that's how that's how drastically they altered their own presence up front. And so they're prepared for this situation. This is why they went out and got these guys is to face a team like this. So that's the only way I think that the Steelers could wreck this game. Um, and I don't I don't foresee it happening. So I, I have 31 to uh, to 13 Chiefs. You know, I'm also going to pick a blowout here. I'm going to go with 34, 34 to 17 Pittsburgh Steelers. And I absolutely agree with Sam McDowell there, his point on the offensive line. Don't forget in week 16, that's when we had Patrick Mahomes sitting in the pocket for a full seven seconds before he found Byron Pringle streaking across the back end of the end zone with that gorgeous sidearm touchdown pass. So, yes. The offensive line needs to step up. And I think the other thing, Andy Reid always mentioned this throughout the uh, regular season. The Steelers travel well. Their fans travel well. So Chiefs fans are going to have to go out there and drown out the Steelers fans for anything uh, good that they might do. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, uh, check out the Kansas City Star online Friday for our Red Friday special sections. Vahe um, and Sam and Jesse Newell, Pete Gradhoff, myself, we have a, a ton of content available for you there looking at Sunday night's game. It'll also be in Sunday's paper. Uh, we will return Sunday night after the game for a Sports Beat Live edition brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. Uh, and until then, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your Red Friday. Make sure you read all our stuff previewing the week. For Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, our producer, Monty Davis, and for the University of Kansas Health System, I'm Herbie Teope. Have a great weekend.